join me in welcoming uh, Mick, Mr. Mick Simpson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so I got here, and Sean's first question is, what's your title? And I'm like, huh? I hadn't even thought about it. And it's ironic, because many times have I went to Pastor Charlie or Pastor Margaret and said, what's your title? And they're like, I don't know. What's that got to do with anything? So I, I get it. I get it. It's not really about a title, but I had to think of one, and since I thought of one, I'll share it with you. Um, make love our aim. If I'm ever up here and I'm not speaking about love, I'll be pretty interested because really love is about all I have to talk about. So um, if we get tired of hearing about love, then we'll probably be tired of hearing me talk. Um, before I get started, um, I want to lay a couple ground rules. Um, the first rule is that I don't know everything, that I am learning. I'm on a journey that I've told a little bit about, and um, I really I was humbled by just realizing I didn't know everything, which sounds terrible to say, but, but I don't know everything. And so that means that not everything I say might be perfectly right, although my goal is for it to be as right as possible. Um, the second thing is that the more that I chase after God, the more that I realize that our relationship with him is not a formula. Who here likes formulas? Anybody like math? I love math because it's one of the only subjects that doesn't have every exception you can think of for every occasion. It's consistent and it's easy to do. If you just do what the formula says, you'll get the outcome. Well, guess what? That is not how relationships work. Is anyone here in a relationship with anyone? Everyone has some kind of relationship, a parent, a sibling, a spouse. Um, and so you have firsthand application that you think you might think you know the secret formula for success in a relationship until you try to apply it and over and over and over it just doesn't work and so um we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about that our relationship with God is not a formula but in my disclaimer section what I'm talking about is that what God is showing me and doing in my life maybe isn't where you're at and so it might not be applied the same way, but the principle that God is working with me and loving me, um, that will work for you too. Because God is, knows right where you're at, and he knows the next step you need to take. And so I prayed before and even here that it doesn't really matter what I say, that if you just get one thing that you need to do to continue to serve your Father in heaven, that's a success for me. And so lastly, um, it's kind of a big deal to be teaching people that know way more than I do, have lived way more than I've lived, and could easily teach me under the carpet if it wasn't cement, probably. Um, and so this isn't about me telling y'all what you need to do. Really, this is me telling you, giving you a glimpse at what God is doing in my life, my testimony about the blood of the Lamb, and in that, hopefully you find inspiration and, and see that God is working in your life also. So let's get started. If you will, put up John 3.16 for me. So to me, this is the most famous scripture right next to uh, don't judge, don't, don't judge, least you be judged. So you hear those a lot in the world. Um, but let's just read it together. Or I'll read it and you all follow along. 
For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. Now, that's good enough. Um, so... I just want us to think about that for just a second. God sent his son for one reason, and that one reason was us. And so we all know the story. Um, God created us in the beginning, Adam and Eve, for fellowship with us. And there was this perfect picture of this fellowship, this garden, no stickers. It was beautiful. And um, then all of a sudden, something happened. Man made a choice and caused a fall, caused a separation. And because of that separation, fellowship was broken. Um, I know this is very simple. I know this is something we all know. um, But it's not something we think about all the time, or at least I don't. And so this fellowship is broken. And God, being a loving father, wanting a relationship with me, and with you, with Anthony, there was only one way to restore fellowship, one way. And it was someone had to be perfect, and there was only one, one person that could do that. And so Jesus died on a cross for one reason, for us to have fellowship restored. That's a big deal. And so in that, we're going to go to the, our response to his love for us. Because I feel like if someone loves me that much, I want to respond to it any way that I can. And so that gets to the formula part. I, uh, as I was thinking about the formula and thinking about my effort to love my beautiful wife with a formula, um, I was reminded of an experience, kind of an ongoing experience for the majority of our marriage. Um, Early, early on, my wife was addicted to, like, uh, personality tests and, and love language tests. And so, my, I, you know, I was wooing her, or she was wooing me. I still haven't figured out which way it went. But I would do all of them. And we learned, we learned that her love language was affirmation. And so as, as we progressed in marriage and I was trying to love her, I would affirm her. I wrote a few down. I'd tell her how you're beautiful. I love you. You're the best. You're a great mom. On and on and on. And then we would have the talk, which if you're a man, you know what the talk is. In some way, you're falling down in loving me talk. And so uh, we'd have the talk. And I'd be so confused. I'm like, I am I got a list, and I am checking it off. I'm, I'm saying everything I think you want to hear. And, you know, her response would be something along the lines of, well, it would be nice to spend time every once in a while. And I'm like, wait a second. It wasn't quality time. It was affirmation. I took the test. I remember. And so then I would focus on quality time, which was probably the hardest one for me, just to be honest. It's, it's a weakness. Um, but... Um, and then so on and so forth. We'd work our way rotationally through the list of my failing to love her in <laughs> whichever way she was choosing. And so people would ask us. They'd be like, so what is, what is your love language? Because we'd be talking about it. And I would always say, whichever one I'm not doing at this very moment is her love language. Because that's how it felt. But the problem with my approach 
is clear in so many levels to everyone but me is that um, love's not a formula. And I was trying to check the boxes of the formula to, <laughs> to love someone. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for wives. It doesn't work for children. It doesn't work for parents. And it doesn't work for God. That's a fact. And really, it's pretty simple to love someone. You just give them your heart, <laughs> right? Um, I, uh, I don't know how many times I would, we'd be talking about something and I would be trying to cop out or whatever. And she, she was very bold in her request. She just wants it all, whatever it is. She wants it all. And, and if I would give her it all, she would be happy. And it turns out that when I give her all of my heart, whether it's through time, affirmation, the whole list, then it, it, it does something inside of her where it just makes things go better. And all of us men know that we like things to go better and avoid those talks. And our Father God is the same way. It's not a formula. There's not a checklist. Um, it's a relationship. He wants all of your heart. And for me, tonight, that's getting up here. Not because I want to, not because I even think you necessarily need to hear what I have to say, but because I love God and I love you guys. And this is what love does. And so um, learn from my stupidity and don't love through formula, whether it be your wife or God. Relationship, talk to him, listen to him. I mean, that, that's, that's a key right there, guys. Listen to what your wife has to say. It helps. Um, she knows when you're listening. Um, and so thank you for letting you, me use us as an illustration of, I think you look like the good one in the story, so you're welcome. Um, let me find where I'm in my notes. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about God's love for us, and how he wants us to love those around us. If you would go to 1 John 3.16, not to be confused with the earlier John 3.16. For we know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our life for our brothers and sisters. You can go to the next. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth of it by our actions. Next first, I think. Um, just go ahead and skip down to 23. And this... And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. And so as our response to his love is, is those two things. We, love Je we accept Jesus as the son of God, and we love him, and we love one another. Go ahead and go to um, 1 John 4, 7. It's just, if there wasn't a break in chapter, it'd be just a couple scriptures later. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us, showed, God showed how much he loved us by sending his son, his only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he lives in us and he in us. There, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God and have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Let's go ahead and go to, I'm almost done. Let's do, go all the way down through 21. So let's do verse 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is the fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar, for if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this commandment, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Okay, that was a long passage. I probably should have warned y'all. Um, it's kind of my go-to chapter right now, just because it's awesome, clearly. Um, but I was talking to somebody earlier this evening, and they asked what I was going to talk about, and I told them love, and they're like, well, I haven't actually heard you set, talk about it in a while because I was talking about it a lot. And they're like, you probably need the reminder too. And they're exactly right. Um, love is when you're, it's your aim, when it's your focus, when your target, it's actually pretty easy to do because God inside of us desires to love everyone around us. But we get distracted and we lose focus and it's pretty easy not to do too. And so it turns out that our focus has a big, makes a big difference on how we love those that are around us. Um, I do, if you don't mind, go ahead and put up first the 18 real quick. Because this is kind of uh, the, where I'm at right now, what I'm working on, what I'm processing, I'm thinking about, meditating on. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. So does anyone in their life experience fear and will admit it? <laughs> um, I would consider myself a pretty brave person, but not if you ask me to get up front in front of people. Or maybe, I mean, there's tons of examples. I'm not going to give you any, but uh, there's lots of things that whenever the thought crosses my mind, fear just kind of takes a grip. It could be something, a recent example, uh, filling a prick in my conscious or in my heart to maybe reach out to someone that looks a little scary and doesn't look like they want to be reached out to. And 
you know, fear says, no way, just stay in your comfort zone. Stay, stay in your seat. They, they probably don't want it. They probably don't need it. They're probably going to get mad. They're probably going to go on and on and on. Does everyone's mind work that way? Because that, that's how my mind works. And fear, fear is very persuasive. Um, it's logical often. And I like logic. Um, but uh, it doesn't get the outcome that God wants. Fear will keep us almost every time from accomplishing what God has for us. If I allowed fear, I would not be up here right now. And it is very pleasing to my father for me to be up here, um, especially since I'm willing to overcome fear. Um, and so I wrote down pro tip. I don't know if y'all are into pro tips, but if you want to be a professional at love, watch out for fear. If fear, if, if you're trying to love someone and a fear comes on you, that's, that's a... That's a an insight into something that's going on that's a little bit deeper. And you should ask the Holy Spirit, what, what is this fear that's rising up? And what do I do about it? How do I work through it? <clears throat> I put fear as a four-letter word. Um, my wife's favorite scripture for many, many years uh, was 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given me a spirit of fear or, and timidity, but but of power, love, and self-discipline. She likes it in the Amplified, but it's kind of wordy. Um, and so Pastor Margaret even recently taught us in, in, when she was talking about love that actually fear and love kind of counterbalance each other and that if you want to displace fear, it is only done by love. And unfortunately, fear can displace love too if we allow it. And so just be on guard with fear. Use it as a thermometer to check into something. Look, see what, see what's behind it. Okay, so go ahead and go to Galatians 6. Um, so my response to God's love for me is, is very simple. I'm going to love him, and I'm going to do that by loving those that are around me. Make it my aim to love. And so part of loving people, a big part in my life, it seems like, is helping people that are struggling. Um, because often when I'm struggling, I need someone's help too. And we are in this together. We're all in the same boat. We all have similar struggles, similar hurts, similar. And there's a few that are a little bit different, but we all need one another. Just as Eugene so eloquently said earlier that, you know, we've been there for each other and we're better because of one another. Iron sharpened iron partly, but mostly a, a, a hearing ear. And, you know, maybe a, uh, maybe you should look on a scripture on that every once in a while if, some, if I'm getting a little haywire in my thinking. <clears throat> All right, sorry, Galatians 6. Um, Dear brothers and sisters, if, any, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Well, go ahead and stop there. So, to obey the law of Christ, we share one another's burdens. And I, I have made this my aim over the last several months, to share one another's burdens. My wife's burdens, my son's, my daughter's, the people that are closest to me, they're a good place to start if you're needing someone to start with. Um, but there's other people, friends, oftentimes just being there to listen to. But I've found that 
it requires reciprocity. It requires a, a give and a take. If, if I want Anthony to let me in and, and share his burdens, it, it takes me being vulnerable and, and, and having him help me too because nobody but wants help from someone who's perfect. Um, it's intimidating. It's off-putting. It just... Anyways, so part, part of this sharing one another burdens is, yes, being there, being listening, but reaching out for help ourselves and finding someone that we trust um, to say, hey, I need help. I need prayer. I need, I need an encouraging word. I need a scripture. I need you to listen and not talk, whatever it is. And so as we love those around us um, and we are sharing burdens, it goes both ways. Um, you don't have to put it up there, but in Matthew 11, um, Jesus is talking about his yoke is easy to bear and his burden is light. But right before that, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And right there in Galatians 6, whenever it says that we're going to help, it, you who are godly should gently and humbly. So there is gentle, gently and humbly is also very important. Humble is simple. I'm not better than you. We're in the same boat. I if I was in your shoes, who knows where I would be? I could be in the exact same spot. Let me help you. I'm not, I'm not looking down on you. I'm not thinking bad thoughts about you. Um, I want to help you in any way that I can. And gently, obviously, is not my strong suit. <laughs> um, sensitivity is not my middle name. Um, but it just, the Holy Spirit can help. And if you go into a situation saying, God, I don't know what to do, help me, you're going to be gentle and you're going to be humble because that is his nature in most cases. Um, so I'm going to tell uh, truth on me. So I'm being vulnerable, part of sharing one another's burdens. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> so don't, don't judge me. Precursor warning. Um, so there's this, I don't know if you know me or not, but there, I have one attribute that is just ingrained in me. I am, I am a hard worker. I just, I work hard. Um, I, I, I like money. I don't love money, but I like money. But I like the accomplishment of a job well done. And even, even like in video games or entertainment of some sort, I, I want, I want work with it. I want to grind and I want to push and I want to just, I like, I like hard work. And so I have this had this terrible habit that I pull up to a stoplight, not a big issue in Guyman, but if you're in Oklahoma City every week like me, and you see someone begging, I just always had this same thought, and it's a terrible thought, um, because it's just terrible, but this thought would be, yeah, I can help you get a job, and it's, it's funny, and I'd laugh because I thought I was funny, and I thought I knew everything, and it is kind of funny, but it's not, because I don't know what the situation is. Um, God knows, um, but I don't know. And I was putting myself in this position of, it wasn't humble, that's for sure. And I just through this awakening and sensitizing of my heart and love walk, God, you know, the first time it happened on this journey, I'm like, whoa, what was that terrible thought? Who would think that, let alone say it? Um, and so I started looking into it and, and asking God, why, why do I have this thought? And so it's a bad habit, bottom line, and, and just 
thoughts. And yes, some people that are there need to get a job. That's a fact. But there are some people that that is not why they're there. And they just need loved. And even the ones that need to get a job need loved. Does that mean you give them their money? Not necessarily. But it does if the Holy Spirit tells you to. And so this is not a formula. You don't give money to every person at every corner. Um, it, it needs to be spirit-led. God knows. Um, I don't think you can, I mean, yeah, God knows. Do, do what you fill the spirit. But all those years, I didn't give money to anyone. Not like that. Um, and God might have wanted me to, but it wasn't even a conversation to be had because I'd already had the thought, get a job. And that, that conversation was closed. I wasn't sensitive to hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, you should go pray for him. You should, I mean, there was no more conversation because I already knew what needed to happen to fix it. And the truth of it is, the same situation is with loved ones and with friends and with other people in the church that you, you see the situation from afar. You have the mile high view and you see the wrong choices and you see the lack of wisdom and you maybe even said, hey, you might not do that. That probably won't work out well. And they did it anyways. And then they're suffering because of the choices they made. And there's that thought, well, I told you what you should have done. Um, you got in there, you can get yourself out. Or whatever. hundred thoughts, similar situation. Um, is there a truth to that? Maybe. But if God would have had that attitude towards me or you or you or you or you, we'd be in trouble because we couldn't do what needed to be done. Only God could do. And so on my journey, my goal, my aim is not to have that attitude, but to be sensitive. How? Yes. Yeah, you made some wrong choices. I've been there. I've done that. I can do that too. That's what Milton says a lot. I can do that too when someone messes up. Um, and that's the truth. We can all do that too. And we, do, we all do do that too still today because we're all learning and we're all growing. And I feel like our growing and our learning actually is sped up a little bit as we are humble and as we are tender and gentle to those that are a little farther behind us and need our help and we help them. And so um, my aim truly is to deposit love everywhere I go. And I fall down, I make mistakes, I forget it's my aim for weeks at a time sometimes, maybe not weeks, but I, I'm not perfect at it, but it is my quest. When I go and get gas at a, at a gas station, I want to smile. I want to be a breath of fresh air. I want to, I'm not going to offer to pray unless I feel led to pray, but if you already gripe someone out for the receipt not coming out at the pump, which is a pet peeve of mine, um, you sure ain't going to pray for him after that. Because that, that conversation is closed. You're no longer sensitive to the Holy Spirit because you just were a jerk. And so my goal is to love, deposit, literally deposit love like a commodity. Um, I'll give an example. Uh, the other morning, it's been a couple of weeks ago, I, was, I got up early, was proud of myself. I was reading my Bible out on the front deck. It was a beautiful morning. The sun was coming up. And I kind of got, I had this goal in mind to read, and it, it happened quicker than I thought. And I, I, I was like, well, I could find something else to read. Then I had the thought, you could go in and wash the dishes for your wife, which happens not to be my favorite thing to do. It's kind of towards the bottom. Um, and I was like, yeah, or I could just keep reading. <laughs> I'm trying to spend time with God and get to know him better and love on God. And then I had thought again, you could go and wash the dishes. And I'm like, oh, 
this love thing is hard. And so I got up and I went and washed the dishes. And while I was doing it, I just had this impression. God didn't speak audibly or anything like that, but it made God very proud. (laughs) Um, It is important to come to church. It is important to read your word. It is important to pray. It is very important to love the people that God has put in our life. Um, And so, final thought. Um, You know, when you get up here, it's like an opportunity. You have some pet peeves you'd like to pick at. I'm not going to do that. You're welcome. Um, So, in conclusion, um, I'm just going to read this. So, as lovers of Christ, let us share one another's burdens. Showing God's love to those God has put in our life. Let us use our words to build one another up, not tear them down. Let us remember that we don't know it all, and it might be easy to judge, but if we choose love, it will change everything. One last thought. Um, Since I used our relationship so much earlier, one of... I don't know the right word, most intimate things that I can do with my wife is share my fears, share my struggles, share what uh, my dreams, my hopes. I do that part pretty good, but it's the, the vulnerability, the weakness that is hard, maybe just for men, maybe for everyone, maybe just for me. But there is something that happens anytime that I do that brings us together and unites us. And connects us deeply. Um, And is very beneficial. You should try it, guys. Um, But the same is true for us with one another. When we we connect and we're honest and we're real, it it just does something. And and I I know that God created us to be that way because it opens doors that wouldn't be open any other way. And the the same thing is true with our Father God. That if we will take those fears that I talked about and those concerns or whatever. He just wants to be a part of, of, of our lives in any way that he can. And as we talk to him and we share those, it connects us with him in such a way. And, and that's where change happens. That's where transformation happens. So my main encouragement for you is, is be real with one another. Connect with someone. You don't have to do it with everyone. You shouldn't do it with everyone. But you need to find someone that you can bear your heart, share your heart, share each other's burdens, and do it with God, and it will begin a process of love being awakened and God just continuing to move forward in your life. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.